welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Lewis, and I am so excited to have you back again this week. This week, as always, we're bringing you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives. And I'm excited to be able to talk with Ben Colloy today. And Ben and I have known each other for a while now, but he is doing some amazing things. He's got a couple of podcasts. He's writing. He's getting out there and talking about fatherhood in a whole new way. He has a podcast called the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, but also a podcast called the Business of Fatherhood. We're going to talk about both of those, but we start our shows as always, as you know, with talking about fatherhood. And first and foremost, Ben, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for joining me on this morning. Like I'm always excited to talk about fatherhood in the morning. This is my second morning in a row for talking about fatherhood on another podcast. So I'm always excited to juice the morning with fatherhood. Well, it's a great way to start the day. So I want to first turn the clock back in time. So you've got three kids, two daughters and a son. Um, I know your oldest is nine. I want to turn that clock back in time, back to prior to your nine-year-old being born. And I want you to, to tell me about that first reaction that you had when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. Talk to me about that. I don't actually know if I had a reaction. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I think there wasn't a lot of emotional depth to what I was supposed to feel. I remember looking at the screen. I remember thinking like, oh, it's a daughter. But I don't really remember the gravity of that. And with that question kind of leading into it, I think that led up to my kind of like my first midlife crisis as well. So if I didn't have a lot of feeling, I mean, I was excited, just like every dad would be, you're going to be a dad. I was excited when she was born. She was had a C-section. So you got that whole new kind of experience within a C-section type birth versus a regular birth. But it really hit me when she was about two. Because when I was going through kind of a change, I was dropped out of college. I was trying to figure out what to do with my life again, figure out what I wanted to do to grow up at age of 30. And I remember looking in my daughter's eyes. And I think this is that moment where it kind of caught up to me. I was like, how can I lead you into your life if I can't even lead myself through mine? So if anything, it was probably the accumulation of that two-year non-emotional acceptance of what it meant to have a daughter. And then kind of realizing like, this isn't going to work. Because she's going to look for something from me that I currently don't have the capacity to give. And then it was also seasoned with Dr. Meg Meeker's Strong Father, Strong Daughters book. And then it was like, I mean, that book will, that book will put you in tears from fear of like what the road ahead of is looking like. And I'm like, this role is the most important role I'm ever going to play. I need to start playing my life at a higher level so that I can start helping her play her life at a higher level. But man, that gap was such a big gap for me. So let's delve a little deeper into that because you t it, there's a light bulb moment there, right? Definitely a light bulb. It's something that you had to you know, snap that finger. You had to do something to be able to move in a different direction. You talk about the book. I've heard other dads talk about the Meg Meeker book as well. But what were those steps? What were those first steps that you had to take to be able to move in the direction that, that you're on right now? to be able to be that that more engaged dad, that better dad, that more, I'm going to say, intentional dad that is there for their kids. So I would say what I didn't have now, which I, do, I can go back and say exactly what I didn't have, is I didn't have a GPS location of my starting destination. As a coach, I now know it's more important as a client when you first accept them, you've really got to figure out where they are. Because if you don't know where they are, you can't set the GPS to take them to that destination. Because every time in that moment when I first had that thought, 
every time I would try to set a des- destination, I would always end up in this vicious circle and end up right back where I started. I'm like, what is wrong with it? It was like the GPS from hell. And so like, I had to really think about what was going on back then. Cause I didn't have any of the things that I know now. So it really was a question from a friend that kind of opened up the whole world. And this question was, if you want a result in your life you never had, then you need to start doing something you've never done, which gives you access to this idea that you could do something different and something different that you've never done is most likely why you've gotten never gotten that result that you've always wanted. And so I was like, well, what's what's in there? What's beyond this? And I was like, okay, well, you don't have friends. You have people, but you don't really have people that you would consider friends. You didn't have friends in high school. You didn't have good, you had friends in the Marine Corps, but I would say they weren't like maybe like superficial a little bit. They were a few good ones, but I didn't feel comfortable making friends. Let's be clear on that. And what I was like, well, why don't I have friends? What haven't I done to produce that result? And I was like, well, you don't talk to people. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't I talk to people? And then I was like, well, every person you talk to could be that high school girl that rejected you. And that feeling really sucks. So well, let's just try to avoid that. And I was like, well, that's not logical. That's really crazy thought. Like, why would that actually be programming I would be running on? But that's what the programming that I was running on. And there was a park in our subdivision. And I remember always going to the park and always wanting to talk to the other dads. Like I had the feeling, but I'm like, you know what? They probably had a long day just like I did. They just want to play with their kids. The last thing they want to do is chit chat and have guy talk with another dad at the park. And then one time after that question, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And so I said, hello. And turns out we were both just playing chicken. They wanted to say hello just as much as I did. And that third dad I did that to at the park was a veteran. And I was like, whoa, did that just work? I just met a brand new veteran that I never knew who lived right down the road. This is kind of cool. And so I just kind of kept repeating that process. And through repeating that process, I learned like early on that this idea of talking to people is a great way, especially when you kind of feel lost like I did. Like you don't even know where the juice of your life is supposed to come from type question. That those people you talk to become the mirror for the value that you can't see. Because when you go up to people and either they like what you're saying or they reflect back or they give you that like, wow, that really helped. I appreciate you sharing that. And you're like, I don't know what I did there. But you get those mirror moments. And that mirror is what most men are missing today. Because if we didn't have a father in our life to really breathe that fire of oxygen into our life to understand where we could do and what we can lift, people are the best resource that you have to kind of rebuild that mirror. And I mean, I had a great relationship with my dad, but he was a man who led his life with actions, not necessarily words. And so I had to kind of like figure it out with my own words and my own way of being. But it was those friends and dads at the park that really helped me understand a higher version of myself that I didn't realize. And one of them was they'd always like, Ben, the way you put words together isn't like someone, anybody that I know. And I just kept getting that feedback over and over. And so essentially, that's kind of like what threaded me through this whole thing, why I started writing. And then I would write and people would be like, wow, that was really good. And then you just keep doing that. And then I started podcast and I get the same feedback. And then I start doing speeches and people are like, wow. I mean, I've told my story just like that with Dads at the Park to a group of dads. And before a dad could even say hello after me speaking, he was already in tears because that little story accessed an emotion that he didn't know he needed to have. And so like that little moment, even by itself, continued to be the mirror for where I am today. But it was that pit, that question that really opened up this whole new thread of where I could go and what I could do with it. I think that that's such an important thing to reflect on, because I think that every father has fear. And the problem is that as men in society, we are programmed 
by society, by the people around us, with the concept that we need to go it alone, that it'll make you less than if you ask for help or if you tell your story or if you say, I have no clue what I'm doing. And taking that step like you did in the park is the, that first step, but it's a scary one for many men to take. Oh yeah, it was definitely, I mean, it was hard. <laughs> like it was just a dad at the park, but I mean, I think I hooked on it. Then it was grocery stores, then it was airplanes, then it was airports. And like now I'm addicted to talking to people. It drives my wife nuts when we go out places. I'm always talking to people. And like, I've had so many amazing conversations that I never would have had. And now my entire mindset is you're always one conversation away from changing your life. Hello is the most powerful tool in the human language, but we often don't know how to use it properly. And that one hello could open a door into a world you never even knew existed. You need more opportunity in your life as a dad to understand where you could go for a job, a career. You need to say hello. And that hello is directly proportional to the amount of opportunity. Even our common connection with Brock from stay-at-home dad. I had a conversation with him at Dad 2.0 walking around D.C., we had just a regular dad talk. I never met him before. We just met in the lobby. Hey, can I go with you around DC? A year and a half later, he's calling me to invite me to give the opening keynote at Stay at Home DadCon. That came because I had the courage to go into a lobby and say, hey, can I go walk around with you around DC? We created a connection, and that connection is now changing my life almost two years later. That all started because of that little exercise I did at Dad at the Park almost now six, seven years ago. Like it was just a shred and muscle, like doing a dumbbell rep at the gym. It's just a rep that needs to be ex exercised. But that that rep is one of the most important reps that you can do that ripples into all the areas of your life. So for someone that's listening that says, I don't know how to rip that Band-Aid off. I don't know how to take that first step because I'm scared off my rocker to show that I need that assistance or show that I need that community around me. What do you say to that person? My Easiest question to ask to dad at the park. So this is a question that the other dad doesn't even see it coming. They always answer it. Hey, how old are your kids? Or is your son two or your daughter three? And they always answer. And it always creates an opening for you to keep going. Because then you can, if, especially if your kids are the same age, then you can relate and you can joke. And then the conversation gets going. What I would say to a dad that is struggling with that fear and maybe is saying, Ben, you're wrong. You figured out this thing, but it's not me. I would say that is just your ego telling yourself to be normal of who you are. Your ego is essentially wired to keep you safe. And safety is how your life looks today. Whether you like it or not, your ego is trying to keep the room temperature the exact same. You saying hello to a dad at the park is turning and messing with a thermostat. Your ego is always going to try to pull it back. So be able to understand it's a game in your head. And once you understand how the game is working, then you can understand how to witness it versus being a player in it. And I would also highlight where we got it wrong, that when men went into the Industrial Revolution and started going to factories, that's really where we started going wrong, that our place was supposed to be in factories. And this was the role that a man plays in our life. But if you go back to like the American Indian culture and even anything earlier, men didn't do life alone. We always had one man ahead of us and many men ahead of us. And we always had many boys in some cases behind us. And it was always a barrel of monkeys mindset. If we didn't know how to do something, there was someone up ahead of us that could teach us. And if we, someone behind us was just beginning what we mastered, we could go back and help them through that challenge and that crucible. And it was that tribe that allowed men to grow and thrive through their entire life and become who you've seen in the past when you read stories about Native American warriors and stuff. They didn't just wake up that way one day. They had people on both sides, higher and lower, 
that cultivated their soul to be more of who they are that allowed them to be a strong individual. And as a society, we've forgotten that lesson that we've been doing for millennia. Now, I t- we were just talking about fear. And one of, the, one of the things that I hear from a lot of dads with daughters is specifically a fear of raising daughters because of whether it's the unknown, whether it's whatever. As you think about raising daughters today, what would you say is your biggest fear? I would say it's twofold. There's a dad out there that the initial fear I think comes from is that you're not setting the bar high enough. So I often equate this because people often joke about the dad with a shotgun at the door when his dad daughter starts dating. But if you've done your job right, you should be able to trust your daughter because what your daughter naturally is going to do with her own intuition is she's going to go out and find a guy just like my dad. And if you set the bar high with what masculine love looks like, with what treating a woman looks like, what self-respect looks like, what you do to your own life and self-care, she's always going to come to the conclusion, yeah, this guy's not my dad and kick him to the curb. But the dad with a shotgun at the door knows that he set the bar way too low and he's scared for who she's going to bring back because she's going to bring back someone just like me. And so to me, that's the worst case scenario. Kind of like my biggest fear or what I kind of parent towards with my girls is when they're 18, that they fully know that their value and love for themselves is what matters, that they don't get their love and validation from likes and posts on Instagram that no matter what the world says about them around them, their opinion internally of themselves is the one that matters. And I often, even in the simpler case, when the kids are young, siblings are often like tearing each other down, like you're dumb, you're stupid. And I'll often be like, tell my, I remember telling my daughter this early often is, is it true? And she's like, no. And I always remind her, well, your opinion is the most important one. Or even at the playground in school, there's often like, that's where the life happens for kids these days. When other kids will say mean things, and I'm like, is it true about you? And she's like, no. That's what matters most. You always have a choice to accept or reject what other people say. And most girls do not have that internal like feeling of power that what they believe about themselves is actually the only real opinion that matters. That's so important. And you know, one of the things you said there was talking about social media and the influence of social media on our daughters. And it is pervasive. It's pervasive. Um, as soon as you're, you as a father, as a family, decide to allow for your child to be on social media, it can run their lives. And, and that's not just for girls. I mean, that's for boys, too. Um, we ran into it with one of my daughters, actually both of my daughters, in regards to how they see the world, how the world sees them, and how what someone says can derail the words that you have said throughout their lives in a very short amount of time. And and that's a very challenging thing, especially I think for a father to be able to, as you said, you're trying to provide them with that space. But then when you open up the world a little bit more and you give them the ability to go out onto social media, sometimes that can get derailed really quickly. And I know I've seen that. Have you seen that with your daughters? Not so much. In some cases, yes. Like where other kids are almost like trying to, like if a girl really is focused on things already at a young age and they need things and they need clothes from a certain way or they're always trying to catch up. I've seen that with my daughter. There's kind of two things that I that you hit, you hit on and I want to kind of illuminate because they're extremely important. The world will always provide a voice. As adults, we know that the world is never lacking in opinions. The most important thing to your kids 
and your daughter is that you are the first voice on every topic. Every topic, as long as you are the first voice, you are the original seed that if you continue to grow, will be the one that grows strongest. And so many times dads don't have the courage to have the hard conversations with their daughters because either they don't feel comfortable, they don't feel capable, or they're like, oh yeah, that's a mom thing. No, that's not a mom thing. These are dad things. And that when you can be that strong voice and plant that seed, the world will show up, but she will always go back to that first seed that was planted. And I mean, think of all the things that kids talk about on the bus that you have, they come home asking a question about, and then you have to be the guy to pick up the piece and explain it. What if you were the first person that they said it to, and they know all this stuff on the bus is wrong? Like that's the scenario that you're kind of parenting to. And then the other part to that is those moments are going to happen when the world gets scary to your daughter. But early on, she tested you. She tested you with storms that were tantrums that were just, didn't make sense to you, but they were emotional tantrums of where she just felt really insecure and she didn't really know. And I, I really seen this with my four-year-old daughter over the last year. There was just times where she's so sad. Now, not logical sadness, but just she's sad. She's just emotionally just tore down. The most important thing that I've done, even with my oldest daughter, who's nine, where we just had our cat pass away over the last month, and that's been an emotional trauma. And one that's not always logical, but just last week, she was upstairs in her room just crying hysterically because she saw a picture of the cat on her iPad. And was and the only thing I did in those moments, my five-year-old and the nine-year-old, the same thing. I just sit there and hold them. I don't say a word. I don't try to understand. I don't even really try to explain. I just be there. Because your kids are testing you, especially your daughters. They're testing you. Are you going to be there for the little things? And then when the Instagram issue happens, they'll bring you the big things. But if you didn't pass the test on the little things, they don't trust your reaction or your instinct on the big things. And if you think of a teenager that runs or does a lot of crazy stuff or is just hard to control, they don't trust that they can bring you what's on their heart. And what you see on the surface is just the kind of the mess of what's really going on. But if they, if you trust them when they're younger and they trust you and you create those moments where they can bring you anything, the little, very small stuff that seems insignificant as a father, that's the stuff that will magnify, dad, I just had a wreck and I need your help. That you want that to be the first thought she has. But if she doesn't trust you, she's going to second guess that thought. She's going to know like, dad's going to yell. Dad's going to be so disappointed in me. You don't want that. You want her to feel safe and what she can come back to, to that core first thought of safety. When I'm sitting with my daughter, when that cat died, she's going to remember that within a man's arms, you can feel safe. And damn, if that's not one, something really important for a girl to feel and in her entire life of what you could actually have if you find the right man in your life. No, and I, th I think you're right there. And, and I think that so many men are fixers. And we have to know that we have to shut up at times and just listen. I mean, not only for our daughters, but for our significant others, for the other people in our lives too, you know, that uh, not every person in our life needs us to answer their questions. And one of my earlier guests on the show brought it up this way and said that when she talks to fathers, one of the first things that she will say to them is, when you go into a conversation with your daughter, ask them this question. Say, is this a solving session or is this a listening session? Because if it's a listening session, you need to shut up and you just need to listen. 
and not come back with any solutions because every conversation that you have with a daughter does not need to be a solution session. As you just said, your daughter just needed you to sit with her and to be there. I would add there's one extra layer to that that dads often miss, especially military dads, because we have a rich life within stories, is share a time in your life where you felt the same way. That story allows her to know who you are, know that you also have fallen and you've gotten back up. She admires who you are today, but if she knows the, the, the trials that you've gone through in the moments, just like she's feeling, that's empathy. And when you can build that empathy, you can build trust. And trust is what you need later in life when she has those bigger problems. So you don't even have to always solve the problem. Just sharing even a similar story in your life that's very relatable, that'll be a very good teaching tool for her to understand. So many dads don't really expose our kids of who we are. I always say like the worst case scenario for a dad is your, your, your time on this earth is past. It's your funeral and your friends show up at the funeral and they share a story about your life to your kids. And your kids will say, why didn't my dad share my, that story with me when he was alive? I would have loved hearing that story. That's such a great story. Your kids should know who you are while you're here. They shouldn't have to wait at your funeral to hear it from one of your best friends. Now, you talked about military dads, and I want to have you talk a little bit about the platforms that you've started to create and you, that you have been creating now for a number of years. As a military dad yourself, I know that one of the podcasts and one of the, in your site that you initially started is called Military Veteran Dad. And I guess, first and foremost, why don't you tell me a little bit about why was it so important for you when you came back from deployment, from your service, to be able to have a space, to open a space, to create a space for military veteran dads? So it was kind of a long timeline. So I got out of the Marine Corps with a simple thought. I meant for something bigger and the Marine Corps is going to hold me back. I had zero idea. I didn't even know the self-help in, self industry even existed. I wasn't a book reader. All the stuff that I am on today never was any. I just had this thought that I meant for something bigger. Fast forward in almost 10 years so that when midlife crisis, that's really where I kind of went back and I'm like, oh, I missed something here. I just kind of caught back up in the default role of civilian world and I missed what I was supposed to go towards. And then I started trying to fall in love with leadership. I was really into it. I, I loved the whole idea of leadership. I was like reading books on it all the time. And I didn't really know what to do yet. I was kind of like stuck. I had a lot of ideas, but didn't really believe them. Then I went to a conference for military influencers in September of 2018. I was kind of being coached to do like a veteran dad podcast, but I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I'm, I'm not a guy that does podcasts. Other people can do podcasts, but guys like me don't do podcasts. Like that was a real thought that plagued me. But then, then I told my story to a random military spouse that I met at that conference and she started crying. And what I didn't realize at the time that I, through the conversation I did realize is her husband came home from war physically, but never came home emotionally. He's just on autopilot and sits in the couch and doesn't really interact. And what I realized in that moment, it was like a gut feeling of alignment. Like the whole, my whole energy was like, this is it. I'm running towards this. And I got on that plane ride. I did a mind map trying to figure out what this whole idea was. And what I realized, there was this word that popped out of all that mind map and it was home. I was like, military dads need to come home. We come home physically, but we don't come home emotionally. And so I started the podcast three months later, January 1st, 2019, with a simple mission to bring every dad home. I had so much disbelief in my own story, but I knew like that with that gut alignment, I'm like, I just got to go. I got to do it. I got to put in the reps. 
and something will emerge. Two and a half years later, something did emerge. That that word home isn't just a military term. It's a dad term because most dads are told to go find their purpose and passion in life and go find it with title, salary, and a building and things that we can build with our hands. But we're actually never told how to be who we are. We get told to be human doings, but we're, we're human beings and our family needs a being component. But home isn't a building that you pay the mortgage on. Home isn't something with quirky decor that you get at Hobby Lobby. Home is a feeling that you can articulate on the inside, that you know who you are, you feel comfortable with that version of yourself, and you don't feel that anxiousness when you go into places that are different, that you feel comfortable like, yeah, I'm excited because I get to go be who I am. So that mission for military veteran dad to bring every dad home still is true, still is going on. Two and a half years later, I'm just now really touching the surface on what this word home really means. I've talked to dads and told them, I think you've been looking for home your entire life, but no one really told you. And they've started crying. Like it was that emotional of an impact that that home really is that one feeling, that one word that kind of has been missing. And no one's really given permission to dads to come home and be dad. Because we keep told, we got to go be what society tells us to be. We got to fit into these molds that everybody else is supposed to do. And then we shoot ourselves into all those different corners and we feel trapped. And we don't know how to lead ourselves, And that's what caused the, the second podcast to start because I realized any corporate America dad that is kind of like that workaholic dad that realizes my place is supposed to be in the office and mom's supposed to be at home or maybe she's at work as well, but he doesn't understand how he can play a role leading his family. This home is just a bigger word. So now I have a coaching program called It's Time to Come Home and I help all dads create that feeling and figure out what that being component is and help them come home because it's a larger problem, and it's kind of like my big thesis of my, my, my last three years of working with dads is this home is the one thing that dads are really looking for, but no one really told them what to look for, and no one really gave them the, the kind of the, the book to figure it out. And I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier that, you know, some of the pieces in play are, do you have a father figure in your own life that is a positive example of fatherhood, but also a positive example of what home looks like. And that's not always going to be the case. And or even if you do have an ex- a good example of that in your life, do you have the building blocks to understand what you have to do to create that yourself? The best way to kind of describe it is when your kids are sleeping on like, take like a four or five year old and you look at them and a sleeping child is always something magical. Like it's crazy they are during the day and they turn off and they're sleeping. They're like angels, but they have that. You can see it in their face. They're like, they feel safe. They feel secure. And they know mom and dad's going to protect them. At some point we lose that feeling. And there's a point where a man's life where he doesn't feel safe and he doesn't feel secure within his own self. He's completely lost that ability to to put his head down and to kind of feel safe and secure with everything that he is. And a lot of it comes from what you said, where the dad wasn't part of his life. The dad either maybe, maybe was part of your life and just never reinforced it. Or he took it away with beliefs like, and showed anger when he showed vulnerability. I talked to a lot of dads where within like, maybe like 10 or 12 to survive, they've had to turn off their emotional reactions. Like just as a fight or flight, your brain learned to survive as a teenager. I can't react. I have to go numb. Being numb gets me through. And they never really are told, I need to actually be this person that can express something. And most of them don't even know where to go to look. 
I mean, I've had dads where they're yelling at their five-year-old and I was like, I think you're yelling at your five-year-old because your dad used to. And they kind of like, whoa, they don't even realize these patterns are just repeating themselves. So there's just a lot of like basic illuminating that can happen just by recognizing and understanding like, why do I do what I do? And I always use in coaching, I break it down to like, every time life happens, your brain does this first thing of Googling in your head, how did this happen in the past and how did I react? And that is the first input it push, puts in the processor of for what you to do. And if you don't at least pause and like, is that what I want to repeat? We don't really realize that we're just Googling our own emotional reactions from the past, even the ones we don't remember. Your brain will always remember it. How did my dad react when I did that? And then I'm just going to re re reciprocate what my dad did because that's what we did. My, your brain's always looking for the easiest answer. So it's going to Google what your life found first. But you have to consciously choose to input a new thought, a new way of doing something in order to break that cycle. Now, you talk about the fact that you have this other podcast as well called Business of Fatherhood. Talk to me a little bit about that and some of the concepts and topics that you're covering there. When I was going through the podcast in like February, I realized it was right there in front of me that there was this word like self-leadership kind of started coming up to myself. And I was like, it came to me, I was like, how we lead ourselves will be how we lead our life. Men are taught leadership skills at work. We are leading teams. In many cases, we're doing it successfully. But we don't actually realize how they correlate into life and into family. A lot of the same skills you use at work apply at home. But we don't actually don't just have that conscious switch that like we're not a person at work and then we're a dad at home. You're actually a dad in both scenarios. And you can use the same set of skills to navigate both. Like you don't react negatively or fearfully to an employee that brings you something scary. So why do we do it to our kids? It's kind of just like using the same emotional toolbox. And I was like, I just want to illuminate this with dads that like you already have a lot of the successful tools to be a dad. I want to highlight and how they can relate to just being a dad and showing up and helping you figure out like you can be something at home too. And it came to me, I was on a bike ride last August. So it kind of a long thread, but I was on a bike ride. It's where I had my best uh, ideas. I was sitting in my office and I was like, the kids wanted to go on a bike ride. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go out and do a bike ride. And in almost immediately, I was like, I think I could do a stay-at-home dad podcast. I am a stay-at-home dad. I'm trying to figure it out. I could take what I'm learning and kind of create something for other stay-at-home dads that kind of also get lost on redefining their purpose outside of going to a building. But I'm like, eh, it didn't really, the business plan really didn't fit. And I was like, I don't really understand how it could go somewhere other than just creating another child that I have to keep going every week. So I just kept sitting on it. And then this business of fatherhood kind of hit me and it became this new umbrella that like the business of fatherhood is what the business component is what men are told to do. The fatherhood component is what we're not really told how to integrate and then bring it together. And I was like, this, I think, is the right space for a daily podcast. And so then in mid-April, I decided I'm like, I'm just going to do this, figure out where it's going to go and create a five day a week daily podcast. It just kind of takes those tidbits of all the different little things that I've dropped here, even in this podcast, dropping them in short tidbits. Cause there's a lot of interview shows for dad, but it's a short list. There's only like two to three daily dad podcasts that are short, quick hits to get you information to get to a better day tomorrow. And I was like, I think there's an opportunity right here to introduce a new way of thinking for dads on a quick, like the dads are so busy. You don't even have time to listen to an interview podcast. And I launched Business of Fatherhood as kind of this bigger umbrella to juice into some of these ideas and just have this new catalog of ideas because you got to come up with a lot of ideas to do a daily podcast. And those ideas get like um, exercised every time I talk about them, 
which then helps my professional speaking career build back up after a post-corona world. So it all kind of ties together. But I knew that this podcast is out there and I've already immediately started getting feedback like, wow, some of these simple stories are already making an impact, which as a dad, you often can devalue your own story, your own value. You don't think you're good enough. But almost sometimes that happens either when you're around good dads, you can like think like you're not that special anymore. And then when you do say something to a dad that's like in a different circle, you easily find like, man, what I did say there really had an impact. And so that's what I've kind of been learning with this is like, just because I think it's normal doesn't mean it's normal. And so this podcast is kind of like my way to prove that like to myself, what you have to say is important. People value it and you need to keep doing it. And it's kind of like my accountability partner to keep going on my journey. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? I'm ready. In one word, what is fatherhood? Leadership. When was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded in being a father to a daughter? When my cat passed away. Because that moment I realized that she came to me and she felt safe. And I was the first words when she felt insecure when she needed someone to help ground her. Now, I said earlier, you've got three kids. If I was to ask your your kids, how would they describe you as a dad? A dad that talks into a microphone in an office a lot more than they probably would like. <laughs> now, who inspires you to be a better dad? I would say all the dads out there saying yes to fatherhood. When I look at the new Kevin Hart fatherhood movie, when I see all the excitement related to that movie, I don't just have one dad. Any dad that I see showing up and being present, that inspires me because fatherhood isn't this like big, massive action. It's these little steps that can make all the difference. And the problem is you don't know which one is the most important one, but man, continuing to show up for that trial is the most important event that you'll continue to show up for the rest of your life. Now you've given a lot of advice today. You've, you've said a lot of things that I think a lot of people are going to relate to, but if you are talking to a dad today that's listening What's one piece of advice you want to leave them with? That at the end of the day, early when your kids are probably under 10, they spell love T-I-M-E. And the easiest way to connect with your kids is to spend 10 minutes of doing something that they want to do. And that can change their entire world. So true. So true. And doing that throughout their lives is going to pay tons of dividends. Now, Ben, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here today and thank you for all you're doing to engage dads in, in such positive ways. Now, if people want to find you, find your podcast, where should they go? The Military Veteran Dad podcast is Military Veteran Dad on every player that you can imagine that has podcasts. And the business of fatherhood is just like it sounds, the business of fatherhood. It's available on all the different podcast players out there. The website Military Veteran Dad is that website, militaryveterandad.com. And my business of fatherhood is over on bencolloy.com. Well, I will put a link in our notes today for all of you to be able to find Ben and find all of the things that he's talking about with all the people that he's talking to, et cetera. And Ben, I just want to say thank you again, and I wish you all the best. Thank you for this opportunity. The role that we play within our daughter's lives has never been more important because women are taking on a stronger role in society and a father can really help shape what they can do. And I truly believe when a dad comes home to his kids, his kids can truly understand how they can change the world. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. 
And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals we buy them presents and bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best you can be Be the best dad you can be